Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No my Heidi Mai. Today is May 12th and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so why don't you have a bit of a quick look through or a quick review uh, of the uh, two games from last weekend, uh, the two Super Rugby finals. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm not going to go too in-depth about it, uh, but you know, or I'm not going to commentate the games too much. Uh, hopefully you've been able to see some highlights or maybe you even watched the games live or in full. Uh, two, you know, really good games. Um, you know, could have gone could have gone for uh, all four teams, I think. Uh, you know, could have ended up being champions uh, at the finish. But as it was, uh, it was the two number one teams, the two home teams uh, in the Crusaders in Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, and the Queensland Reds uh, in Super Rugby AU uh, getting the wins. Um, yeah, you'd have to say uh, Crusaders did it fairly comfortably uh, and were fairly dominant, uh, although, you know, massively helped by uh, Damian McKenzie's wayward boot, uh, especially in that um, sort of uh, second half sort of er- uh, area, um, I guess around half time uh, through to the, you know, middle part, say 60, 65 minute part there. I think McKenzie might have missed three, um, you know, which is certainly a bit of a dagger uh, when you lose uh, by 11. Uh, but you know they did do it pretty well, pretty comfortably uh, at home. Uh, where you know, whereas the Reds, you know, they they really took a lot uh, to get over the line there. Uh, you know, winning uh, in injury time uh, or extra time. Uh, I think it took them eighty four minutes uh, to you know get that try, uh, which got them ahead by one. Uh, kicked the goal uh, in the finish, which didn't mean much. That you know regulation conversion uh, to win it by three. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to feel uh, for the Brumbies. Um, you know they controlled massive parts of that match. Probably should have won that, or you know probably could have won that. You know more often than not, I think. Um, you know, but you'd have to say you know Crusaders pretty clinical uh, against the Chiefs, uh, even though you know the Chiefs uh, were their own worst enemy at times. So yeah, you know the game's a little bit different, uh, but I certainly think. Uh, it's not, you know, it, you could certainly make an argument for all four teams, you know, had they, you know, basically played to their, you know, utmost potential, uh, all four teams, you know, could have walked away uh, as champions uh, over the weekend. So, you know, pretty awesome to see, <clears throat> you know, nobody getting blown away uh, and some, you know, really competitive, you know, tight matches uh, for finals rugby. So uh, what I'm going to do now is uh, just have a bit of a look through the two matches uh, I'll probably just have a look at some match stats and some player stats and pretty much leave it at that. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, hundreds if not thousands uh, of uh, articles uh, and podcasts and blogs, etc. Uh, that can tell you, you know, the, the turning point or the key moment or, you know, who the player ratings or, or, or all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm going to pretty much keep out of that um, other than just that little diatribe I had just then. Uh, but, you know, basically, you know, I thought both games pretty high quality uh, and, you know, just good good to see those four teams in the finals uh, and good to see all four of those teams being very competitive uh, in those finals. Uh, it was a really good weekend of rugby. So, yeah, um, I think I'll start with Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, as it was the first of the two finals, um, you know, just going by New Zealand time as such uh, on the Saturday night. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'll start with Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, and finish up with uh, Super Rugby AU. So yeah, uh, if we have a look at that one, uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa final, uh, Crusaders at home to the Chiefs, uh, and it was 24-13 to the Crusaders. Uh, so that's their fifth Super Rugby title in a row. Uh, a three-peat of Super Rugby uh, when it was, say, the international competition as such. 
three-peat um, going through 17, 18, and 19. Uh, and then they're now back-to-back -back champions in Super Rugby Aotearoa in 2020 and 2021. So, uh, you know, that's a hell of a legacy. Uh, and all five of those uh, championships have been done under the one coach, uh, Scott Robinson. So, yeah, uh, let's have a bit of a look at it. So it was uh, two tries to one to the Crusaders. Crusaders ran for 482 metres, the Chiefs 390. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of uh, run ball dominance there from the Crusaders, but, you know, nothing too special. Chiefs certainly came to the party, 390 run metres uh, in an away final. Uh, you know, that's pretty reasonable, um, you know, from them. They'll be a little bit disappointed, you'd have to say, uh, to, to only come up with the one try uh, in the first half. Uh, they did that off a lot of carrying as well. So uh, the Crusaders, you know, 482 uh, run metres off 89 carries. Uh, the Chiefs, 390 metres or run metres off 114 carries. So, you know, they certainly had uh, a fair amount of ball in that match. But, you know, they, they just, you know, ran into a wall as such. Uh, if we have a look uh, at, you know, attacking metrics, uh, what the teams were doing with ball in hand. Crusaders. Uh, 22 defenders beaten, Chiefs 21. Clean breaks, 11 for the Crusaders, 8 for the Chiefs. Uh, and offloads, uh, 10 for the Crusaders and 12 for the Chiefs. So you can see there is pretty much nothing uh, in those attacking metrics uh, between, you know, if those three sort of key attacking metrics, um, you know, good pieces of rugby ball in hand. Um, you know, the Crusaders certainly ran, you know, for roughly 100 extra metres uh, on less carry. Uh, but, you know, what both teams were doing with ball in hand, like good pieces of rugby, very even. So, yeah, uh, let's push it on to that little uh, double metric that I like to look at. Turnovers conceded, sort of like unforced errors, if you will. Uh, and then turnovers won, uh, you know, good pieces of rugby to get the ball back uh, and, you know, stop the momentum of the opposition. So, generally speaking, you know, turnovers conceded is higher than turnovers won. So you usually end up with like a negative rating for uh, this sort of double metric. Uh, but, you know, the closer to zero you can be, kind of like the better game you had. Uh, and if there's a pretty clear difference between you and the opposition, i.e., you know, you're negative five, they're negative 15, then you, you really have been pretty dominant, or you really probably have been quite dominant throughout the match uh, at the breakdown, which is, you know, very important uh, in rugby and, you know, 2021. So for the Crusaders, uh, if we have a look at them first, uh, turnovers conceded was 18 uh, and turnovers won was 7. Uh, so they're actually negative 11 uh, for this metric, uh, which is, you know, pretty bad. Uh, 18 turnovers conceded, essentially unforced errors. Pretty difficult, pretty bad. Uh, you know, not good. Uh, not, not good ball security. You know, conversely, the Chiefs, uh, 12 turnovers conceded and 7 turnovers won. So that uh, negative 5 for that rating. So that's actually a pretty significant win uh, at the breakdown for the Chiefs. Now, um, you know, if all things were equal uh, away from the loose forwards, um, you know, that could mean or that could spell, you know, a pretty pretty tough night for the Crusaders or a very good night for the Chiefs. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, this was an area that basically the Chiefs had to be up in uh, over, you know, basically um, a team in the Crusaders who don't have a specialist seven. Uh, and in fact even lost Sioni Harvili late uh, at the start of the match. So they really did go in with no specialist seven, no seven cover, uh, and this really was an area of weakness for them. 
So, you know, you would actually expect, or, you you know, you really actually needed the Chiefs to be competitive slash dominant uh, in that metric in order for it to be, you know, a, a decent game. So it was good to see that the Chiefs actually were, you know, dominant at the breakdown there and won that metric. Uh, if we have a look at defence, um, the Crusaders made more tackles. Uh, not a huge amount of tackling in this match, though. Uh, you know, Crusaders, 115 tackles, uh, Chiefs, 91 tackles. So, you know, you know, 20, 25 tackles in it, but, you know, certainly neither team is up at around 150 tackles, uh, which is, you know, a, a big tackling game. So, you know, tackles pretty low for both teams there. Uh, in terms of missed tackles, 21 for the Crusaders uh, and 22 for the Chiefs. So, you know, very similar. Um, if we go down and have a look uh, at set-piece... Uh, this was a real area of concern and, you know, something that the Chiefs would be very disappointed about, I think. Um, so, lineouts uh, for the Crusaders, they had 11 lineouts. They won 10, lost 1. Uh, for the Chiefs, they had 19 lineouts. So, a huge amount of kicking there, uh, or kicking back uh, to the Chiefs. They had 19 lineouts. They won 15, but they lost 4. Uh, so, they'll be pretty disappointed with that. Um, the Crusaders, four scrums won, one scrum lost, and the Chiefs, six scrums won, and no, none lost. So, you know, a really good scrummaging night again uh, from the Chiefs, you know, Ta'aval and Aiden Ross, really showing that they're a couple of really form, very like, high-performing, like, form uh, props uh, in Super Rugby at present for the Chiefs. <clears throat> really turned up uh, and, you know, were very good uh, at scrum set-piece. Uh, but, you know, locking was certainly an issue for uh, the Chiefs. They went in with Mitch Brown. Uh, he, they pushed him in from six so they could play Peter Suakula uh, in that back row and be dominant at the breakdown. Uh, but it did mean, um, you know, they were losing a little bit uh, in the second row uh, at lock. And they paid for that a little bit uh, with a number of lost lineouts there. Uh, if we have a look at discipline... Uh, you know, this, again, you know, really did keep the Chiefs uh, in the game, or, or like, you know, certainly should have kept them even more in the game uh, than it did, uh, and in fact actually really should have drawn them extremely level, if not, like, leading the game, uh, but they just couldn't take their opportunities from it. Uh, Crusaders conceded 14 penalties, the Chiefs conceded 10, uh, and the Crusaders also con conceded two yellow cards. So, you know, on the wrong side of the penalty count and conceded two yellows, uh, and in fact, there was a, a period of time in the match where the Crusaders were down to 13 men, uh, but you wouldn't know it uh, from the way that they played, um, you know, with those guys off the field and Richie Mwanga running things, you know, just superbly from 10. So, you know, the Chiefs certainly had that second-half opportunity, um, you know, with uh, basically with, uh, you know, 13 on 15, certainly 14 on 15 for an extended period, even 13 on 15 for a period, uh, and they just really couldn't make it pay. So yeah, uh, down to the action areas, uh, if you have a look, uh, this is quite surprising to me, 44% uh, to 56% uh, to the Chiefs in terms of possession, um, but you'd have to say uh, where the Chiefs had their possession was a touch meaningless, 36.5% um, of that 56% possession was uh, ball in hand in their own half. Uh, and they played a lot uh, in their own 22. 11.5% uh, of that 56% was, you know, Chiefs ball in hand in their own 22. So, you know, not good places to be playing, you know, with uh, the ball in hand as such. 
you know, conversely for the Crusaders, only 44% possession for the game. Um, but in total, uh, both teams uh, only played 7.2% of the match uh, in their 22. 3.6% for each team uh, in the Crusaders' 22. So really good game management there from the Crusaders, you know, living, living on fumes as such, you know, uh, what are you, 12% down in terms of overall possession? but you're only allowing yourself uh, and the opposition to play 7.2% of the game total uh, in your 22, which again, you know, pretty incredible uh, when you're playing, you know, a pretty solid like 15, 20 minutes of that match, um, a man down and or two men down uh, in the second half. You know, conversely, you go to the Chiefs 22 uh, and you're looking at uh, 30, sorry, 24% uh, of the match was played in the Chiefs 22. Like I said before, 11.5%. Uh, the Chiefs playing with ball in hand in their own 22, and 12.5% the Crusaders playing ball in hand in the Chiefs 22. So, I mean, that's exactly the kind of game you want to be playing uh, if you're the Crusaders. I mean, you probably want a little bit more overall possession than 44% uh, in a final at home, but, you know, if you're essentially playing, or the opposition is playing 3.6% of the game total uh, in your 22, and then you're playing 12.5% of the game total, uh, in their um, 22, you know, you're, you're on to good things, or, you know, like, good things are going to happen for you, uh, and they certainly did, you know, throughout that match, they were pretty strong, so, yeah, um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, Chiefs had their, op Chiefs had their opportunities, or, you know, had their chances, uh, but just really didn't take, uh, you know, what was there for them, um, you know, they'll be ruining that, and, and it's not just about the Damien McKenzie kicking or, you know, missed kicks. Uh, it's a little bit more than that um, across the park. Um, if we have a look at some of the player stats uh, for the Crusaders, starting off, I'll have a look uh, through, see who did some good work in the backs. Uh, essentially just having a look at run meters, uh, what everyone was doing there. Uh, and then, you know, maybe have a look at tackle counts as well. So starting off with the Crusaders, uh, at the back, Will Jordan, he scored a try, he ran for 85 metres on nine carries. One defender beaten and one clean break. That's pretty good work from the Chiefs uh, to contain him in terms of defenders beating and clean breaks. Still ran for 85 metres and scored a try, but, um, you know, pretty good to, to keep his um, defenders beaten and clean breaks down. Uh, no offloads either, uh, and four turnovers conceded. So uh, a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde game there from, from Will Jordan. Certainly very good in the first half, first 20, 25 minutes. Probably went a little bit missing in action uh, in the second half or, you know, just couldn't really get involved. Um, but, yeah, you know, still got 85 metres uh, in a try. Pretty important. Uh, Sever Reese on the right wing scored a try, ran for 40 metres. Two defenders beaten, one clean break, one offload. Uh, he was, you know, pretty good uh, on that right wing. Lester Fanganuku in the midfield, he ran for 51 metres on 8 carries, 4 defenders beaten, 1 clean break and 1 offload. Again, pretty good uh, performance from you know a real makeshift centre, you'd have to say. He's an out-and-out -out winger, he's an out-and-out -out finisher, uh, but he's been playing you know, very well uh, for the Crusaders at centre. You wouldn't know it. Uh, David Harvili, uh, again, uh, a lot of like unsung sort of intangibles, I think, about David Harvili, you know. You look at it, you look at his headline stats and you're like, you know, he didn't do too much in that game, but he really did. Um, you know, 12 metres on five carries, very well contained, uh, although four defenders beat in one clean break, one offload uh, and one try assist. So he just does, he just puts a lot of people uh, into the right places. You know, he, he might not look like he's had such a stellar game, but it's what he does or what he allows people around him to do, I think, which is, you know, pretty special.
Um, anybody else there? Well, I guess Richie Mwanga for sure uh, at 10. He really took over in that second half and really stepped up. Uh, you know, when the Crusaders were in a little bit of a pickle, at least one man, if not two men down, uh, you know, he was excellent at 10. Uh, so he ran for 82 metres uh, on eight carries, four defenders beaten, two clean breaks, three offloads and one try assist, and then 14 points total for the match in terms of his kicking. Uh, so, you know, just top draw. Um, again, you know, Richie Mwanga is just a super rugby god. You know, you'd have to say it really is. Um, you know, he just dominates this level of rugby, just eats it for breakfast. Um, so, you know, those were the uh, pretty big performers uh, in the backs. Um, I guess you'd have to shout out a little bit, um, a couple more people there, uh, Cullen Grace playing 8, he ran for 40 metres on 9 carries, quite, you know, pretty good effort, Ethan Blackadder, uh, 41 metres on 9 carries, 3 defenders beaten, 2 clean breaks, um, and 1 offload, so, you know, a really good, um, aggressive, you know, running game from Ethan Blackadder, uh, at 6, uh, and Cullen Grace at 8 there for the Crusaders. Uh, you know, really making up for the fact that they, you know, really were without without a seven and kind of got a little bit dominated uh, at the turnover, but they had a very good running game uh, in their back row. Uh, and also, uh, I think you've got to shout out Bryn Hall as well. He ran for 41 metres on three carries uh, coming off the bench uh, behind Mitchell Drummond. So, yeah, uh, if we have a look at the Chiefs uh, and see what they did uh, in their backs or, you know, overall uh, for their run metres... Uh, starting with Damien McKenzie at fullback, uh, he scored a try, he ran for 79 metres on 15 carries, so he's very busy, uh, one defender beaten, three clean breaks, one offload, uh, and 13 points, uh, you know, uh, eight from the boot, uh, and a try, uh, but you know, like I've sort of alluded to before, I think he missed at least three penalties uh, in that match, which was certainly a pretty key difference, you know, heading into that final sort of, you know, five, ten minutes, put a little bit too much pressure on the team uh, to get back into that contest by missing or leaving so many points out there. He'll be, you know, very disappointed with that. Uh, Jonah Lowe, a very unsung uh, right winger for the Chiefs, I'd have to say. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that he was even starting. Uh, but, you know, fair play. He ran for 55 metres on six carries. One defender beaten, three clean breaks, one offload. You know, he was pretty busy. He was very good. Uh, didn't get a lot out of the midfield, uh, probably not enough, uh, certainly attacking-wise, out of Anton Leonard-Brown. Uh, and you'd also have the same for Ateni Nanai Satoru, just really didn't get too much out of their centre uh, and their left winger. Uh, but, you know, Jonah Lowe, Damian McKenzie did pretty well for them. Um, if you push into uh, the forwards there as well, I think you've got to shout out uh, Luke Jacobson. He ran for 44 metres on 10 carries, uh, four defenders beating one clean break uh, and two offloads. So, you know, pretty good work, pretty good running game there from Luke Jacobson. Um, you know, certainly, you know, sort of went, you know, well, you know, went well on the way to, towards justifying, giving himself to start at eight uh, and pushing, you know, Peter Gus Suakula to six. Uh, although you'd have to say, you know, perhaps in doing that positional change, you sort of upset Peter Gus Suakula uh, and perhaps, you know, he, he essentially was, you know, completely ineffective, certainly uh, in an attacking role uh, in this match. Uh, so you've got to wonder, um, you know, uh, nice, like fairly nice stats for Luke Jacobson, but you know Peter Gus saw Cooler at six. Maybe it was just you know he's just playing him out of position. A guy that was in hot form there at eight. Perhaps Jacobson should really have started six or played six in that match. Uh, also, uh, Samisoni Takioho, uh, he just never died in that match. Uh, the Chiefs hooker, uh, thirty-seven meters on twelve carries, five defenders beaten. 
uh, and one offload. So yeah, you know, he was uh, pretty incredible there. Uh, he really took it uh, to the, you know, the Crusaders Type 5. He was, uh, you know, really busy around the rucks, uh, and you'd have to say, um, you know, in a way, in many ways, uh, you know, he won, he won his battle or his matchup uh, against Cody Taylor, the informed Cody Taylor. Um, yeah, not too much else to report there, though, from the Chiefs, you'd have to say. Um, if you have a look defensive-wise, uh, again, if you have a look at uh, David Harvili, so if you have a look uh, at the Crusaders' backs, David Harvili leads things. Um, 13 tackles, one missed tackle, and two turnovers, one. So, you know, just remember he's not doing a huge amount uh, with ball in hand, although he is creating things for people around him. Uh, and then he's putting 13 guys on the ground uh, with one miss uh, and two key turnovers, one as well. So, you know, a, a really good defensive shift from David Harvili at 12, rock solid. Um, if you push into the forwards, in fact, I think David Harvey led it completely uh, for the Crusaders from 12, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Cullen Grace at 8, uh, you know, 12 tackles, no missed tackles, and one turnover, one. Uh, and Ethan Black had a uh, 10 tackles, two missed tackles, and one turnover, one. So, you know, Grace and Black had a very good with ball in hand uh, in this match. And again, also very good defensively as well. But, you know, I think uh, standout there is David Harvey at 12. Uh, if you have a look at the Chiefs, uh, go through there. Uh, not too much going on in the backs. Like I said before, you know, Chiefs made sub-100 tackles, so, you know, nobody doing too much uh, in the backs for the Chiefs. They had quite a lot of possession, you know, overall. Uh, if you go into the forwards, though, as well, um, you know, you have to shout out uh, Lachlan Boshia there. Uh, nine tackles, one missed tackle, and three turnovers, one. So, you know, he was very busy and very dominant uh, at seven. Essentially, uh, you know, he, he wasn't even really matching up against another seven, you know, throughout the match. Uh, and he did impose himself, you know, pretty well uh, at the breakdown there. But yeah, you know, that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, having a look at the game, having a look at the team stats, and then having a look at some of the player stats. Uh, but, you know, certainly uh, a pretty deserved win uh, in the finish to the Crusaders. Uh, you know, probably would have been nice to have seen McKenzie knock over at least one or two uh, of those penalties, um, you know, fairly, fairly late in the first half and or, you know, early in the second half uh, and really, you know, make a game of it in that final sort of 10 minutes, you know, if the, if the Chiefs could have been within seven um, or, you know, certainly within seven, you know, deep, maybe even like within three, within four, whatever, um, you know, it could have been a, a real grandstand finish, uh, but not to be. So, you know, hard luck for the Chiefs, but, um, you know, I, I think they'd have to be honest and just say, you know, they just weren't quite good enough uh, to come to Christchurch and win. You've got to be exceptional. So, there you go. So, yeah, let's push it on to Suburbia AU uh, and have a look at what happened in the second match. So, it was uh, the Queensland Reds at home to the Brumbies, uh, and it was 19-16 uh, to the Queensland Reds in the finish. And like I said before, uh, I think it took them deep into extra time or injury time uh, to get the win there, get their try, uh, and get in front of the Brumbies, who had you know pretty much controlled the game you know for 80 minutes. But um, you know they certainly let things slide uh, in that last sort of five minutes, uh, five ten minutes I guess. You know the Reds were just all over them like a rash. Um, you know, tackle after tackle, penalty after penalty, and then eventually you know two ye two yellow cards uh, in that final couple of minutes as well. So, you know, uh, the Reds just, it was all Reds uh, for that final sort of 5-10 minutes, backed on by a huge crowd. Then they got something like 45,000 there uh, at Brisbane, uh, or at uh, Suncorp Stadium, I believe they call it. Um, so, you know, 
awesome, you know, to see them, you know, come over the top and get the win at home uh, very late, which is uh, unbelievably what they've done to the Brumbies like three times now uh, in 2021. So, you know, Brumbies have to be uh, a touch salty about that. But yeah, let's have a look uh, at the two teams and, you know, what they did. So it was uh, one try each. Uh, the Reds ran for 281 metres, the Brumbies for 230 metres. Uh, so, you know, a lot less running in this match. Uh, if you remember before, uh, in the previous match, uh, I think the Crusaders ran for about 480 metres, the Chiefs for 390 metres, uh, and in this match, uh, the Reds are running for 280 metres, the Brumbies for 230 metres. So um, it was definitely a little bit more of a, a trench warfare, uh, kicking game style match. Uh, it was pretty tight. Um, carries are even, 82 carries each, so, you know, very even possession, you'd have to think, uh, in the finish, uh, and, you know, um, the Reds doing a little bit more with their carry. Uh, if we have a look at the attacking metrics, uh, for the Reds, 12 defenders beaten, for the Brumbies, 15, uh, clean breaks, 2 for the Reds, 4 for the Brumbies, uh, and then offloads, 2 for the Reds, and 3 for the Brumbies. So uh, although the Brumbies didn't really make uh, as many run metres there, uh, they're down about 50 metres uh, on the Reds, same amount of carries. Uh, they actually did come up with, uh, you know, a, a couple more uh, pieces of good rugby uh, with ball in hand, i.e. they're slightly better or have slightly done better in terms of the metrics, in terms of defenders beating, clean breaks uh, and offloads uh, throughout the match there. Just couldn't make it, couldn't make it count. Uh, if you have a look on defence as well, again, like things just matching up very evenly. Uh, so for the Reds, they make 109 tackles, uh, the Brumbies 110. Uh, the Reds missed 15 tackles uh, and the Brumbies missed 12. So it's pretty much even Stevens, very even carrying, pretty even run metres really, um, you know, pretty even attacking metrics and very even defensively in terms of tackles made and tackles missed. Um, so yeah, having a look at that little double metric in terms of uh, you know turnovers conceded uh, and turnovers won, if we have a look at that one. Uh, so for the Reds, the Reds conceded 12 turnovers at the breakdown and only won 3, so it gives them a negative 9 rating. Uh, for the Brumbies, they conceded 8 turnovers uh, throughout the match, which is very good, uh, and they won 4 turnovers, so that gives them a negative 9 rating, uh, sorry, a negative 4 rating, uh, which is you know significantly better, you'd have to say. Um, uh, you know, through 80 minutes uh, on what the Reds were doing. So they were certainly pretty dominant, or like, you know, for most of the match, pretty dominant at the breakdown. You know, hence the reason why, you know, they're up in it, uh, you know, right until the finish, I think. Uh, but, you know, that last sort of 5-10 minutes just got crazy on them. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think on the whole, uh, you know, they did a very good job at the breakdown uh, against a really good uh, loose forward unit uh, that the Reds were able to provide. Uh, especially as well with uh, missing Pete Samu uh, and Rob Valentini, you know, being shown a yellow card, you know, in the, in the second half as well. So the Brumbies were, you know, actually really fantastic uh, at the breakdown. Um, yeah, if we have a look at set piece, uh, lineouts one. Uh, so for the Reds, uh, it was a little bit dysfunctional, you'd have to say. Um, so they had 19 lineouts, they won 15 and lost four. Uh, for the Brumbies, they had 14 lineouts, they won 13 and lost one. Uh, so, you know, Brumbies certainly had their line-out going very well, uh, and maybe that was a reason why they started Lachlan Lonergan uh, and finished with Falau Fainga. Uh, you know, perhaps he's just a little bit better at doing core roles. Uh, and then in terms of scrums, um, this was certainly an area of strength for the Reds. So they had seven scrums. They won six, lost one. 
uh, and the Brumbies had uh, four scrums. They won two and lost two, and they were certainly quite heavily penalised, um, or like certainly uh, overall, uh, I think uh, scrum penalties certainly favoured the Reds uh, throughout that match. Uh, so, you know, uh, a pretty dominant performance, you'd have to say, from um, the Reds' uh, front row or type five, uh, which was probably something that I didn't really think I was going to see. I thought the Brumbies uh, would, would hold their own uh, in the type five, uh, and it would be more, um, I guess, uh, a more area of strength for the Reds would have been their loose forwards, but that's not the way it was. So yeah, just finishing here, um, you know, you'd have to say this is the probably the key stat or the key, uh, you know, stat area uh, as to why, um, you know, the Brumbies couldn't break free uh, of the Reds, um, and or you know why they got overrun in the finish. So for the Reds, uh, throughout an 80-minute match, you know, in a final, you know, hat tip, they only conceded eight penalties. So that's very impressive. The Brumbies conceded 21 penalties. Uh, now there were no cards for the Reds, and there was three yellow cards for the Brumbies. So eight penalties to 21 for the Brumbies. Uh, it's a massive, um, you know, turn uh, You know, just it's just so much momentum killing. Uh, and just so many opportunities for the Reds to stay in the match or get back into the match. Um, you know, so very poor discipline there, you'd have to say, uh, from the Brumbies. Uh, and, you know, three yellow cards to boot as well. <coughs> uh, and also, you know, that, that stat would not be factoring in just how many penalty advantages uh, the Reds were given as well. Uh, that could be actually a pretty interesting stat uh, that I'd like to see in the future, uh, if possible. Um, you know, like penalties that are awarded, that are conceded. But, you know, how many of those penalties are on the back of, say, uh, advantage play? Because, I mean, the, the Reds were just, the Reds were given penalty advantage so much uh, throughout that match, especially in that last 10 minutes. Uh, and, you know, they made hay in the finish. So, yeah, uh, a last thing to look at there for the teams is the action areas, which is, you know, possession stat, a little bit of territory. Uh, inside of that. Uh, so the Reds had 48% possession uh, throughout the match. Um, the Brumbies 52%, which is quite surprising. Uh, and then, you know, where was the game played? Uh, well, it was massively played uh, in the Brumbies uh, 22. So uh, they had 33, 33.6% of that game was both teams playing ball in hand uh, in the Brumbies 22. So 17.6% of the match was Reds ball in hand uh, in the Brumbies 22 and 16% of the game was Brumbies in their own 22, you know, playing with the ball. Uh, and, you know, Brumbies, like we just said, they're overall 52% possession. Sounds pretty good. Um, but it's 34.7%. Uh, 34. So 34.7% of that 52% possession uh, is Brumbies ball in hand in their own half. Um, you know, whereas, you know, the Reds, 48% possession, a touch less uh, than the Brumbies. Um, but 28, or in fact 29.4%, uh, so 29.4% of their 48% position is ball in hand in the Brumbies half, which is exactly, you know, where you want to be playing the match. Uh, and, you know, when you look at it, again, you know, the Brumbies 52% uh, position, but they only played 4.3% of the match ball in hand in the Reds 22. The Reds 48% position, but they played 17.6% of that 48% uh, was ball in hand in the Brumbies 22. So again, you know, that, that shows uh, a fairly, it, it shows really that the Reds were able to play really where they wanted to play. Brumbies, uh, you know, were playing from, you know, 
disadvantage or disadvantage. Uh, we're playing, what would you say, from disadvantageous you know places uh, in the field. Certainly, you know that's something that they'd want to rectify, you know, especially moving into Super Rugby Trans Tasman. I don't think you want to be playing, you know, thirty-three percent of the match yourself or the opposition, ball in hand in your in your twenty-two. Uh, I think a lot of New Zealand teams are going to make you pay uh, if if you have that kind of stat, you know, week in week out. So yeah, you know, well done to the Reds, but it was a real uh, arm wrestle there, uh, and they really didn't have to, you know, go, you know, something like eighty-four minutes uh, to get it done. So yeah, let's have a look at some of the player stats. Um, like I just said before, the run meters are pretty low in this one. Uh, both teams running sub 300, so you're not going to find uh, you know too many individual standout performances. You know, other than I guess James O'Connor, uh, who you know basically scored all the points for the Reds uh, and got the very late try for the winner. Uh, you know, if you have a look in the back three uh, for uh, the Reds, you know no one is really doing too much there. Um, you know, Hegarty runs for 31 metres, Bataille for 30, and Jock Campbell for 16, uh, so not a lot going on there. Uh, I think, you know, Josh, Joshua Fluck uh, at, in the midfield at centre, he ran for 44 metres on three carries, three defenders beating one clean break. So he was very effective when he did carry, when he did run, uh, but it was very limited, only three carries throughout the match. Uh, but yeah, you've got to focus on James O'Connor from 10. He scored a try. He ran for 46 metres on eight carries. Three defenders beaten and one offload and 19 points for the match. Uh, you know, very impressive. Uh, certainly, you know, you'd have to think uh, man of the match performance there. Uh, although, you know, I'm not actually sure uh, um, if he did pick that up or not. Uh, but certainly, you know, a real standout match. Uh, you know, certainly rivaling uh, the likes of Richie Mwanga uh, and Super Rugby Aotearoa final. Uh, if you go into the forwards, uh, you know, again, not too much going on. Fraser McRate uh, from 7, he ran for 32 metres. Taniela Tupo, the loose head prop, 3, he ran for 26 metres. But, you know, not a lot going on, really, uh, aggressive or attacking-wise um, from, or run metres-wise uh, from uh, the Reds. Um, yeah, a little bit disappointed to see uh, Filippo Dalgunu just, you know, I, I don't think he should have been on the bench, uh, and he just really didn't get into the match either uh, for um, the Reds. If you have a look uh, at the Brumbies, uh, it's pretty similar, uh, although you'd have to say their back three uh, certainly performed better. Uh, so Tom Banks at fullback, he scored a try, he ran for 49 metres on eight carries, two defenders beating one clean break. Uh, and Tom Wright uh, on the right, uh, sorry, on the left wing. Uh, he ran for 42 metres on three carries, one defender beating one clean break. But again, much like Josh Fluke, uh, you know, pretty anonymous, you know, like throughout an 80-minute match, only running or only carrying three times. Uh, the game's just not following you. Um, so, yeah, uh, outside of that, again, you know, pretty much everybody uh, in the Brumbies or the Brumbies' backs is like sub-20 metres for run metres. Uh, so it's pretty conservative. Uh, and the forwards are the same. There's essentially just no running going on there uh, from the Brumbies. Uh, it's a pretty defensive effort. Um, yeah, so let's have a look at the actual defensive effort so in terms of tackles made. Um, so, yeah, you, you have a, if you have a look at the backs, uh, Tate McDermott, uh, he made 10 tackles, no missed tackles, and one turnover one. He did that from nine from halfback. So, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good work from the starting nine there for the Reds, uh, and he did that in sub-80 minutes as well as Kalani Thomas definitely came on at the finish uh, to play minutes. Um, if you have a look at the forwards, uh, it was led by Fraser McRate, 
who made 15 tackles, no missed tackles, no turnovers won. Uh, but it's a you know pretty big body of work there. 15 tackles, no missed tackles. It's uh, nice work from your seven. Uh, you know, justifying his reason for starting uh, and having like the likes of Liam Wright uh, on the bench. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much what the Reds were doing uh, in terms of you know good defensive shifts. Uh, if you have a look at the Brumbies again, not too much going on in the backs. Although you know Nick White led it, uh, so Tate McDermott's opposite the Brumbies halfback. Uh, he made nine tackles, no missed tackles, no turnovers, one. Uh, I think he led things uh, for the Brumbies. Uh, if you go into the forwards, uh, Rob Valentini from eight, uh, you know, in replace of Pete Samu, uh, and even picking up a yellow card, uh, he made uh, 12 tackles, one missed tackle, and one turnover one. And that turnover one certainly resulted uh, in a penalty, uh, you know, in the first half for sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, definitely, you know, some very good work from Rob Valentini and obviously um, some poor work uh, around conceding that high shot yellow card. Um, but yeah, you know, again, you know, not a huge amount um, of uh, standout performance in terms of tackles uh, or defensive shifts uh, from either team there. You know, definitely got a hat tip Fraser McRae uh, for his work rate at 7 and 15 tackles. And obviously got a uh, you know, hat tip James O'Connor uh, for his, you know, uh, you know, basically scoring all the points um, you know for the for the uh, for the Reds uh, and that was the key difference or you know a couple of key differences there for sure so yeah you know those are the couple of matches there um, what did I pick uh, so uh, going into those finals uh, I'm pretty sure I said the Crusaders plus 10 uh, and it was the Crusaders plus 11 so I was pretty good for that one uh, and then going into the Reds match the Reds Brumbies uh, I said Reds plus seven. Uh, and in the finish, it was Reds plus three, but uh, you know that one really was uh, you know by the by the skin of its teeth, if you know what I mean. They were down by four, you know, at eighty four minutes, something like that, uh, and they were good enough to get that converted try uh, to finish it and win it. So you know, I was a little bit lucky uh, to get close in terms of a margin there. But yeah, you know, those are the two games. Uh, they were pretty. They were definitely worthy finals. Uh, I think they're both pretty enjoyable finals uh, in their own ways. Uh, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, the Brumbies and Crusaders uh, certainly allowed uh, the Reds and Chiefs uh, into the into the contest by being uh, a little bit profligate um, in terms of, you know, penalties conceded and yellow cards. Uh, but the Chiefs weren't good enough, uh, you know, to take their opportunities. The Reds were good enough to take their opportunities. Uh, and that was, you know, a pretty big difference uh, in the finish. Um, you know, basically, you know, James O'Connor kicked almost everything. I think he missed uh, one penalty. He kicked one that hit the hit the upright. Uh, but other than that, he was you know flawless from the tee. And obviously, you know, Damian McKenzie uh, was not so much uh, for the Chiefs. But uh, you know, I I really do feel like the the Crusaders certainly deserved their win uh, at home, uh, especially when they grew an arm. Uh, you know, down down to thirteen men, and they just really just boss the Chiefs it was it was quite incredible really um, you know in a final you're down by two men uh, and you're just controlling the game uh, and you know you'd have to say uh, that was a massive a massive hat tip uh, to Richie Mwanga who just you know just runs things like a magician uh, at, the, at the super rugby level uh, he's incredible uh, and obviously as a New Zealander you know I'd love to see that form translate at the uh, international level I'd love to see him have you know a few commanding you know test matches like that as well uh, and you know I, I do believe uh, that they are inside of him and hopefully we're gonna see him express that you know over the next rugby world cup cycle 
so yeah, uh, I think I'll probably leave it there, um, about 40 minutes, so yeah, um, just basically a couple of enjoyable finals, uh, just loved it really, uh, I hope you did too, um, yeah, I'm a little bit late this weekend, uh, or this week, sorry, uh, to get back to the weekend games, it's uh, Wednesday morning, my time here, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, looking forward to Super Rugby Trans Tasman, which is essentially starting in like two days. So, uh, yeah, I'll pretty much have to sign off, sign out here. Uh, maybe come back, have a look at some Major League Rugby, some Japanese Top League, uh, see what happened on the weekend in those uh, competitions, uh, and then certainly be back on Thursday slash Friday um, to talk more Super Rugby, but it will be Super Rugby Trans Tasman, which is like a new little mini competition uh, that's getting underway uh, in 2021 for the first time. Uh, which is essentially going to feature, you know, five weeks of crossover matches between the Australian and New Zealand teams, with uh, two best records, uh, you know, hosting a final uh, in week six. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that little addition uh, to Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU. It's going to be a good one. So yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, if you did, uh, things that would be awesome for you to do for me, uh, if you would like. Uh, you know, please uh, follow and or subscribe and or give me a like on whatever podcasting platform uh, you're on. That'd be awesome. Uh, I have a Facebook page, The Rugby Gods Podcast. So if you use Facebook, you know, please uh, look up that Facebook page. Uh, and again, give me a like and or a follow there. That'd be awesome. Uh, and please, you know, feel free to reach out and send me a comment uh, and or a private message. Uh, and I'd love to talk a little bit of rugby with you, go back and forth. Uh, no matter what the topic, uh, if it's rugby related, uh, I'll be more than keen to have a chat with you. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much about it. That's pretty much all I really do uh, at social for social media at present. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope things are going well in your life. Uh, I hope you're doing good things, uh, and I hope good things are happening for you. Uh, and I hope that you can be a little bit nice uh, to me as well, and do something a little bit positive for me. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll be back today uh, later on uh, to talk uh, a little bit more rugby, a little bit more sort of international rugby uh, in terms of Japanese top league and major league rugby. Um, a little bit mid-season for them, although I guess it's getting pretty close uh, to the finish uh, of the Japanese top league. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, rolling on uh, in a day or two, uh, we've got Super Rugby Trans Tasman, which is going to be pretty awesome. So yeah. Signing out there, Matewa. I'll see you later. Goodbye.